Good to be with you this morning. Really excited for what I feel like God has uh, called me to share with you guys today. I thought I'd start with a question, if that's okay. Um, if you play a musical instrument, could you put your hand up, please? Quite a few, quite a few. So when I was at primary school, a orchestra came to my school uh, to do an assembly. And so they kind of came and they set up on all kinds of instruments and uh, and musicians, and they started playing music. Uh, and there's music from kind of films and TV shows that uh, the young people, the kids in the primary school would, would understand, would recognize. Um, so one of them was the, the theme tune to Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, which is like my favorite thing back in the day. Um, and I can remember sitting there and kind of watching them play this music and kind of being a part of this music and, think, and thinking, I want to be able to play this as well. I want to be able to be a part of this. as well. I want to be a part of this music that's kind of going on in front of me. Um, so I kind of came home and I said to my mum, I want to start playing the violin. I want to start to learn how to play the violin. So we got a violin um, and we got this, which is a kind of music stand. And we set this music stand up in our, uh, in our lounge. And um, <clears throat> I kind of got my... This is not working. Why is that? Good times. Someone's tightened this really... Okay, no, it's good, it's good, it's good. Um, so you kind of set this up nice and... Uh, yeah, whoever tightened this really tightened it. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I kind of set it up like, like so. Uh, and, uh, and you kind of have my violin, and I started trying to learn how to play uh, the music, right? And if you know what it's like to start learning to play an instrument, you know you don't sound very good when you start. Right, like it doesn't matter what you play, you're not you, you're not going to sound too great. Um, but there are some instruments when you start learning that sound better than others, right? So, like a piano, for example. Like if you start learning how to play the piano, you might not be able to play it properly, but you can kind of play it. Do you know what I mean? You can play the keys; it doesn't sound too bad. Same with like the guitar. Like you can kind of learn to strum pretty easy. Quite simple. The violin is probably the most painful, excruciating-sounding thing you could ever start learning how to play. It's kind of like when I was in the orchestra watching them, they're like, da 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 I'm, I'm like, like really, really painful-sounding. Um, and I can remember thinking, um, like, oh, I, I, I want to learn how to play, but I want to learn how to play like they can play, like really professional. Um, and I, you know, usually you kind of get past the painful phase um, but I found it too difficult, uh, so I kind of gave up. I never kind of got through that kind of painful phase. Um, but I was reminded of this kind of uh, season in my life um, a couple of weeks ago because I went to the O2 uh, in London and I saw a show, and it was called the Hans Zimmer Experience. Uh, and what it was was an orchestra on stage, um, kind of surrounded by the crowd, uh, and they were playing music written by a guy called Hans Zimmer. Um, some of you might know who he is, some of you might not. Uh, that's him up on the, state, uh, on the screen. Uh, he's composed music for films and TV shows. Uh, and he composed the music for the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, soundtrack that I remember hearing at, uh, in primary school. Um, and in front of like, this orchestra, were all kind of playing his music. Um, and each and every one of them had been handpicked by him to be on that stage and to play the music that he had written for them. And now he wasn't actually there, um, and it's quite clear when you bought the tickets he won't be there, but his hand-picked orchestra will be there instead. And I can remember thinking, I wonder what, what it would have been like if I'd continued to try and learn how to play the violin. 
Because each and every one of these like pros started at one point like the same way that I did. Thinking, oh man, I want to be a part of what's going on here. I want to be able to play a part in this music um, that I can, uh, I can play. And, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, God is a little bit like Hans Zimmer. This may be a strange comparison, um, but God is like Hans Zimmer because God's kind of like a composer. You know, God does things. He moves throughout history. He, 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 he begins things. He, he, he leads people. And, and one of those uh, is quite like a song, I guess you could say. He kind of handpicks specific people um, to fulfill his purpose in history. Uh, kind of like hands him, handpicks his musicians to become a part of his orchestra. Um, <clears throat> he's a God who unites all different kinds of people each with different skills, together to play a part in this purpose for humanity. And the story of God in, in history is kind of like a song. His people are like an orchestra, and he is a composer. Um, and it's Christmas time, so I thought we'd look at one of these people that God chooses to play a part in his music, and that is Mary, the character, the, the person of Mary in uh, in the New Testament, Mary, mother of Jesus. I believe there's a lot we can learn from Mary because just as God called Mary to step in and play a part in his purpose, so too do I believe he calls us to step in and play a part in his purpose as well. Uh, I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38. So if you've got a Bible, open it up, turn it on, whatever. Um, I'll just pray and we can get started. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that we have the opportunity to uh, learn from you now. We have the ability to hear you speak to us. And we pray, Lord God, that this uh, next few minutes will be an opportunity for us to uh, apply what you've taught us and what you're saying to us into our everyday lives. So we pray you be with us. Amen. Cool. Uh, Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38 says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of, the, of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born will be called the Son of of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said is unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word of God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to be to me be fulfilled. Go to Mary in Nazareth. Go to, go to Mary, go to normal, ordinary Mary in normal, ordinary Nazareth. She, she's, not a, she's not a special person, she's, she's an ordinary person. She's pledged to be married to an ordinary person called Joseph, and she lives in an ordinary town called Nazareth. Go to Mary, 
I have a part for her to play. I have a part to her for her to play. This is significant, right? Normally when God speaks, he, he does it through his word, which is incredible. He does it through the prophetic or through his people. But here, he, he, this is a significant moment. He's sending an angel to Gabriel. <clears throat> He's sending the angel Gabriel to Mary to say this. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Greetings. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary, you are favored. You know, what, what does this mean? Well, I looked up the, the word favor in the dictionary. means generous treatment, a kindness beyond what is ordinary. Greetings, Mary. You are being shown extraordinary kindness. In other words, what I'm about to say to you, Mary, this message that I've got for you, it's not because of what you've done or because of what you've achieved or because of the decisions you've made. No, no, I'm showing you kindness. That's why I'm here. It's because of my kindness that I have a message for you. Gabriel has come to Mary because God is showing Mary his love. And this love, this favor, this kindness that God has got for Mary is the same love, is the same favor, is the same kindness that God, I believe, is showing to us. It's a deep, passionate, and sincere love that God has for us, not because we deserve it, not because we've earned it, but because God is love. And it's because of this love that we've been forgiven of our sins. Paul puts it like this. It is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, this not of yourselves is the gift of God that no one can boast. If you would describe yourself as a Christian here, you have become one because you have accepted the free gift of forgiveness achieved by Jesus' death and resurrection. You have been saved through faith because of God's favor on your life. Greetings, King's Church. You too are favored. You too are highly favored. That's the first thing you've got to know. God, God has a purpose for humanity that he's fulfilling in and through the lives of his people. And he does that not because he needs us, but because he wants us, because he loves us. God calls us to step into his story because he loves us. Gabriel continues, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Gabriel hasn't come to her just for her to have some exciting, encouraging message. She is favored for a purpose, to carry give birth to and mother Jesus the Messiah. This is significant. This has been pointed towards, foreshadowed, looked, expected for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, for generations and generations. And finally, it's happening. God is doing something, and he's doing it through Mary. He's doing it through Mary. Now, none of us are called to do the same thing as her, thank goodness. Uh, But God... In the same way as he calls her, he calls us. She is favored for a purpose. I believe so are we favored for a purpose. It says in the verse, the second half of the verse that I just read, it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourself is the gift of God that no one can boast, for 
We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Greetings, King's Church. You too are highly favored for a purpose. Did you know that God has, for each and every one of you, a specific role to play in the music that he is composing across history? You might be thinking, so what, what is that? That sounds good, but what is that? Well, it's actually it's really quite simple. Um, when I was at the orchestra at the O2, all of the musicians would kind of sit with their music and their instruments, and they'd be sitting in the dark. You couldn't see them. They didn't put spotlights on them. You, couldn't, you didn't know their names or where they were from. Their whole purpose whilst they were there is purely to play the music written by them for the composer to draw the attention away from themselves towards him. That was why they were there. That was their purpose there. And it's exactly the same purpose that we have. To draw the attention away from ourselves up towards him. Up towards him. To point towards him. To draw attention to him. To represent him. That's Mary's part. From now on, her whole life is going to all be about Jesus. Every part of it's going to be all about him. <clears throat> We're meant to point towards Jesus. And actually, really helpfully, really practically, Jesus kind of gives us some, some good teachings on, on this when he grows up, when he gets older. He, he gives a teaching called the Great Commandment and another one called the Great Commission. And the Great Commandment says this, um, <clears throat> Love God, love others, make disciples. Love God, love others. And then the Great Commission says this, to go and make disciples of all nations. So that, that's our purpose. You want to know what music God's called you to play? It is to love God, love others, and make disciples. You might be wondering, what, what does making disciples mean? That, this simply means helping other people to understand what God has done for them and helping them to apply it in their everyday life. God has called us to love him, love others, and make disciples. Everything, all of the specific things that God calls us to do, that's all part of this wider, general thing. Love God, love others, and make disciples. Now, as I said, right, a musician's job in an orchestra is to play music. Like, no one's part of an orchestra if they don't play music. That's just, like, useless. There's no part for them there. Now, if you're, if you're part of this thing, you're going to be playing the music. In the same way, God calls each and every one of us to play a part in his music. And the music is this, to love God, love others, and make disciples. Which, what this means is that how you play that music is going to be different from how I play that music. And we do it in our different situations, in our workplaces, in where we serve or where we volunteer, in, in the places that we, we go and, and do things with our families. We're called to do this in each of our different situations, but we're all called to do the same thing, love God, love others, and make disciples. Now, <clears throat> God often calls people to do this in specific and unique ways. Right? So like Mary's purpose was very obvious, it was very clear, it was very public. But often the, the ways that God calls us to specifically work out loving him, loving others, and making disciples is hidden. All of the orchestra were in the dark. The whole purpose was to draw their attention towards him. You know, sometimes we can begin to think, oh man, if, if you know, I've got this purpose, but look at them. They're, they're larger. They've got this more public, more obvious thing. Well, I want to be like them. Or sometimes we can think, oh, look at me, I'm public, I'm obvious, but uh, I'm, thank goodness I'm not like that. But God's not called us to compare our music with someone else's. 
In, with him, it's not about whether you play a, a large part or an obvious part. It's about whether you play your part. It's about whether you play the part that he has got for you. <laughs> Don't despise playing the triangle, you know. Ding! That's important. That's good. That's important. God has called you to play your music exactly where you are and exactly the situation that you are in. Now, this, this, this kind of topic is, is linked, I think, to actually figuring out what is it that God's called me to do specifically. You know, the obvious, love God, love others, make disciples, but how does that work out in my everyday life? How does that work out specifically? I remember, um, well, sometimes it's difficult to read the music. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's difficult to know what God's calling us to do in each and every specific situation. I can remember uh, being a part of uh, a youth group in Hayward Sea, uh, and I was kind of approaching the end of college. Uh, and you know, at that point, everyone's thinking, "What do I do next? Where do I go next? What's my next step?" Um, and there were three, or well, two people and me in this youth group who we all started to feel like God was calling us in some way, in some sense, whatever that might mean to like church leadership or ministry within churches. And we didn't know what that might look like. Um, but kind of as we gradually got closer and closer to finishing college, I remember my friend, she started feeling very, very clearly that God had called her to go to Bible college. And so she starts, all right, that's where I'm going. That's my track. That's my music. I'm off to that. Um, and then my friend here, he, he, he met Mike Pilavachi, who's a very prominent Christian leader, uh, lead soul survivor, and he was actually asked by Mike to go traveling with him at the end of the year and kind of go around him with his ministry uh, and kind of see what Mike was doing. And I can remember standing here thinking, oh, well, she's gone to do that, and he, he's gone, gone over there. Like, I don't have, like, what's in front of me? And the only thing in front of me was an internship here at King's. And I can remember thinking, oh, man, it's not as exciting as theirs. You know, like, they've got to go here. He's, like, traveling well with Mike Pilavachi. That's pretty cool. Like, I want to be hanging out with Mike. I don't really want to be hanging out with Tim, you know, as much. Like, as great as Tim is, like, I'm not bashing him or, or bashing what, you know, I feel like God was calling me to here. But, like, I start thinking, oh, I want, to be, I want to be doing the exciting thing. I want to be doing the obvious thing. I want to be doing the, the public thing. What's funny, though, is that someone said to me something really clearly. He said this, a ship can't be steered until it starts moving. When you think about ship, actually, to, to be steered, it needs to be moving somewhere. It needs to be going somewhere. And I was thinking, oh, man, I, I want God to drop in this impressive, cool calling into my life so that I can crack on and do it. But actually, this person was saying, no, 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 no it's, not, it's not about waiting for God to do this for you. It's about you stepping out in faith and doing the small hidden thing that's right in front of you. And that small hidden thing right in front of me was to do the internship at King's. And that's kind of what I, the decision I made and it's kind of led me and steered me to where I am now. Sometimes we can wish that God would show us one thing or take us in this direction, but actually what we're called to do is what's in front of us. Now, I, I can't tell you what your part in the orchestra might be in the future. I can't read your music. But I can tell you that God has got you music to play right now. And to accept God's future part for you, you need to accept God's present part for you. In whatever situation you're in right now, love God, love others, make disciples. 
Now, when Gabriel announces to Mary that she has this incredible, amazing part to play, it says that she was greatly troubled and wondered at what this might mean. The word wonder is not just kind of like, hmm. It's like really thinking deeply. It's pondering. It's considering. It's, it's trying to work out and weigh out the implications that this might mean for her life. She has got a plan. She's a, she's a young person. She's placed to be married. She's got a future ahead of her. She's probably thinking, I'm going to marry Joseph. He's got a job. We're going to be financially secure. Everything's going to be okay. We might have a few kids, and I'm going to live the similar life to everyone else my age. I'm going to live the similar life to everyone around me and just go that way. It's going to be stable. It's going to be secure. It's going to be easy. It's going to be simple. And God comes up, and he says, no, no, I've got a part for you to play, and flips the whole thing upside down. Flips the whole thing upside down. No no one would believe what she'd say. Oh, sure, yeah, an angel, yeah, of course. No, 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 they, they, would, have, they would have thought that she was sleeping with someone else. The, the community probably would have picked up stones to literally try and stone her to death. And, and her friends would have rejected her. Her family would have disowned her. You're not my daughter anymore because of what you're doing. Her, her fiancé, her future fiancé, Joseph, probably would have left her. In fact, he actually did leave her until God called him to come back. Everything in her life would be flipped upside down by what God was calling her to do. Accepting her part in God's purpose would cost her everything. It's the same with us. Sometimes God calls us to magnificent purposes, but that means laying aside our dreams and our desires. If you want to play in God's orchestra, you might have friends reject you. You might not you know, be able to buy what you'd always wanted to buy. You might have family laugh at you. You might have to go to a place you don't want to go. You might have to stay in a place you don't really want to stay. Accepting your part in God's purpose may cost you everything. To accept your part, you need to recognize, acknowledge the difficulty Mary acknowledges the difficulty in her part to play. It's going to be difficult for her socially, relationally, emotionally. It's going to be difficult for her to accept this part that God's got for her. But not just difficult, it's actually going to be impossible, right? Like she's a virgin. She can't conceive and give birth. Like that's impossible. And so she says to Gabriel, she says, how will this be? How will this be? And I think we often can ask the same question. You know, what? I'm called to what? I'm, how am I supposed to do that? I can't tell other people about Jesus. I can barely follow Jesus for myself. I can't do this. I can't, how is this going to be? How will this be? Gabriel's reply is really simple. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And Mary's part is physically impossible to play in her own strength or ability. Yet, Gabriel promises that God will reveal his power to her and make it possible for her to play her part. It's a partnership. God has promised to partner with us. He's promised to send his Holy Spirit to partner with us and help us to follow this music that God's calling us to play and this song that he has got for humanity. What I find really interesting here, though, really, really interesting, is that this is... What Gabriel is saying is future tense. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
That is future tense. In other words, it is only after choosing to accept the part that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon her and going to guide her and going to empower her and going to help her in the part that she's got to play. Now, that doesn't mean that God's not working within her to make that decision, but there is a very obvious and clear decision that she has to make. I'm going to step into the purpose that God has got for my life. I'm going to accept the part that he has called me to play. Uh, A little while ago, um, I was uh, here, and a guy called Brian Heasley came and spoke here. Uh, He's from 24-7 Prayer, and he came and spoke about this thing that they do in Ibiza, which is called 24-7 Prayer Ibiza, and basically it's praying for people and telling people about Jesus in Ibiza with the kind of clubbing central of Europe or whatever. Uh, And I remember him saying something really interesting. He said, look, you don't have to go to Ibiza. You just have to go to the Ibiza in your society, in your town, or your situation, in your season. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And me and my mate Bobby and Pete and a few others, we decided, you know what, we're going to go out to the Broadway in Hayward Heath. This is kind of where bars and clubs and things. And we're going to go out there, and we're going to try and have good conversations, and we're going to try and uh, kind of, you know, hopefully point people to Jesus, love them, bless them, etc. You know, this is going to be difficult, this is going to be hard, but we're going to do it. And then a little while later, we started feeling, you know, we're going to take this to the next level, really try and rely on God here. So we started giving away free donuts. So there's a couple photos on the screen, they're a bit dark, so you can't really see them, but what they are, this is us on the Broadway with a little table and some donuts from Sainsbury's, giving them out for free for the purpose of kind of blessing people, loving them, and then hopefully helping point them towards Jesus. And we go out every once in a while. It's probably, you know, every you know, three or four Fridays. Um, so if you're around on a Friday night between 12.30 and 2 a.m., come along. You're more than welcome to grab a donut, and we can chat. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram if you want. Shameless, uh, <clears throat> shameless plug. Uh, but, but one of the things we found, right, was that there were times on a, at 11 o'clock on a Friday night, that we were really pumped up to go. We were like, yeah, let's go. We're ready. I've got energy. I'm excited. Let's do this. Let's do this. There were other times when we were like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to step out. It's going to be too difficult. I'm too tired. I don't have the energy for it. I don't have the capacity for it. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And what's funny is the times where we've been really excited, like, yeah, have been the times where there's actually not been a lot of fruit. But the times where we've been like, oh, but chose to do it anyway, have been the times that God's really moved and things have happened. And the reason why that is, I believe, is because when you got to that point where you're like, oh, I can't do it by myself, that's when the Holy Spirit can come upon you. That's when the fruit happens. That's when God moves. But you have to get to that point of saying, no, I'm, I don't really want to do this. You know, I don't want to do this in my own strength. I can't do it. It's impossible. How will this be? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and he'll empower you, and he'll give you the ability to do it. Now, Mary, she asks this question, how is this, how is this going to happen? How is this going to be? But then she chooses to do some powerful things. She acknowledges the difficulty, but she admits her dependence on God. She recognized, I am fully dependent on him to make this happen, for me to play my part. And partnering with the Spirit doesn't mean we don't have the difficult decision to make. It means we have to step out in faith, even when it's difficult, and admit that we are dependent on him for his Holy Spirit to come and to empower 
us. Choosing to trust God that we will receive power from on high, that we will receive the Holy Spirit when we step out. That's why Gabriel finishes his little message saying, no word from God will ever fail. Because at the end of the day, it is a question of faith. It's a question of, are you willing to step out onto the stage and play the part and the purpose that God has got for you? Is that a belief moment? Are you willing to take the step of faith to do that? If you are, then the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. No, God will ever, no word from God will ever fail. He will fulfill his part. Will you? Will you play the part that God has got for you? The music is on the page. Will you play? Because it's so easy, it's so easy to walk away from a Sunday morning and be like, oh, that was interesting. That was exciting. That was funny. You know, or the worship was good. I had a good chat with my friend. And to walk out and never make a decision to change your life because of what's shared. Change your life because of what's God speaking to you. And I, I don't know whether Mary could have walked away from the purpose that God felt for her. But I do know that she had to choose to accept it. And in the same way, we have to choose to accept what God has got for us this morning. We have to choose to accept it. Now, uh, at the end of this show, at the O2 with the orchestra and Hans Zimmer and all that, um, they started playing his most famous song. Okay, so he's not there, but they, you know, he says, this is my famous song, you know, you can play it. Um, and it's from the film Inception. It's got like 120 million streams on Spotify or something. Uh, and it's this like, if you've seen the film Inception, it's right at the very end when he's going through the airport, uh, which doesn't sound very exciting, but it's kind of like the climax of the film. It's like the most important moment of the film, right? And this uh, music is like a slow build. It's like, like piano keys, like slowly, slowly building. And then more instruments come in, and it kind of builds in intensity, like ramps up, ramps up, ramps up. And then there's one moment right at the very kind of climax of the film and the climax of the song that this like guitar riff comes in. Uh, and they were playing this, uh, this song in front of us, the orchestra, and, uh, you know, the music's building, the music's building, the music's building. And suddenly this, like, guitar riff comes in, and this spotlight shines onto a person on the stage, and it's Hans Zimmer. And he's playing his part in the music that he had prepared for the orchestra. And the kind of crowd goes crazy. He wasn't going to be there. No one was expecting him to be there, and the kind of song ends, and the music finishes, and the lights come up, and he kind of greets the audience, but what he really does is he turns, and he greets his orchestra, and he says, thank you guys for playing the music that I'd written for you. Thank you for playing your part in the orchestra that I have composed. And he even kind of calls specific people out by name and kind of greets them like genuine old friends, like, I haven't seen you in so long. It's so good to see you. It's so, I'm so glad that you still play my music. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, that, I think it's going to be like that when Jesus comes back. You know, the Bible's really clear. Jesus is returning. It could be now. It could be in a few years. It could be in a couple minutes. We don't know when it is, but what we do know is at one point, he's going to return back to the earth, and I want to be playing my music when he comes back. That, wouldn't you be, be, be playing the music he composed for you when he returns? Can, can you imagine what it would be like to not be playing your music when he returns? 
For you to meet him face to face and find out that he had an incredible, amazing, beautiful, fulfilling part for you to play in his purpose, but you never chose to accept it. I, I think it would be devastating. Genuinely. I think, you know, when Jesus comes back, if you put your faith in him, that's a wonderful, beautiful, incredible, you know, great moment, happy, joyful moment. But I think it, there will be a twinge of sadness to it, disappointment, you know, whatever it might be, because you haven't played a part in the purpose that God had got for you. Because you've missed out, essentially, on the, on the incredible, fulfilling part that he had called you to play. I, I want to be playing my part when he comes back. I want to be playing my part when he comes back. Uh, band, if you want to jump up, that'd be great. <clears throat> now, Mary does something really powerful. I kind of imagine Mary weighing all this up in her head in that moment and waiting to respond to, to Gabriel. And she says something really, really powerful. Right? She, she acknowledges the fact that this is going to be difficult. She admits the fact that she is fully and 100% dependent on God for it to happen. And she says this, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Simple as that. I trust him. I trust him. I'm putting my faith in him. I'm stepping out onto the stage in faith that he will be with me when I do. I trust him. Whatever part he's prepared in advance for me to play, whatever difficulty that might come, I accept the part that he's got for me. See, that's the very last thing that you need to know about about, about playing your part. You, you have to step out in faith to accept it. You need to step out in faith and actually start doing the stuff, trusting that when you do, God's going to be with you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to be empowering you. He's going to lead you forward and lead you into it. We have to step onto the stage to play God's music in faith. You're never going to know what it's going to be like until you do it. You're never going to have all the, the boxes ticked until you do it. You just have to kind of do it. You have to step out in faith and trust that he is going to be with you. I, I believe that God has for each and every one of you an incredible part to play in the purpose of God. I want to encourage you to accept that. We're going to play a song called I Surrender All. Uh, that's such a fitting song, I think, to play, to surrender all. Mary had to lay down her dreams and desires to uh, take, a part that, take upon the part that God had called her to play. I want to encourage you to sing I Surrender All as the same way that she says, I am a servant of the Lord. Let your word to me be fulfilled. And then I'll jump up and call for a response. Let's stand.